0: It's time for a smashing cast from the present. Produced by Michael, the Exo-Paradigm Gamer. Consulted by Haydox, the... uh, Haydox. Supervised by Ryan, the Ryrule. And directed by Dan, the King K. It's the Unversed cast. What? I mean, here's the thing. I cannot believe
1: that we... That this is... These conversations are happening at the fucking... Eleventh hour of this podcast. I did not imagine Here's it the goes thing, to I don't
2: give a flying fuck about EXO's Game of the Year. You know, jeez, <laughs> what
3: the fuck? Right. I don't give a fuck. I mean, like, like I didn't like
2: the first one, so it's like, oh, Last of Us two like, I don't give a fuck.
3: Oh, he's not even here to defend himself. He wants to go like jerk off a little bit. <laughs> he's gonna hate when he, like, re to this. this he's gonna here, hate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: nothing against him, yeah, dude! It's just like, I don't care, I, I got nothing to say about
1: it! <laughs> dude, I didn't even know this, he wasn't here.
3: This man, this is the Sonic Heroes playthrough all over again, we just <laughs> <probably> <laughs> <missed you. laughs>
1: Well, uh, I guess since he's not here, we have to talk about Final Fantasy 7. He's thrown the ball in my court forcibly because he's not here. So I guess we're going to talk about Final Fantasy 7 Remake now, which is my game of the year. Uh-oh. And I feel I went back and forth, but I, I feel like at this point I have to. I, I just have to because. K, can I can I tell you something? Hmm. I get it. Yeah. Do Oh, yeah are you sure I mean
2: like yeah I don't think it's a bad <laughs> game
1: really and truly are you sure <laughs> okay. you know <clears throat>
2: mm-hmm. like I, I I've listened to a lot of people talk about why they like Final Fantasy 7 remake I've I heard a lot of people talk about why they like the changes that they made it's like I get it it's not my cup of tea I don't like the direction they went but you know what I get it so
3: you know
1: have we What just happened
3: What just happened how did oh, this happen?
0: Nothing. I was expecting Ryan, this reveal. are you reveal. anymore? Well, I went to the bathroom for five minutes, and then I, <laughs> while I was in there, I heard people laughing, so... I missed something.
3: <laughs> you missed nothing. Don't worry
0: about it, Michael. We uh, didn't even notice you, you were you, gone. You were exasperated, Hadox. You were like, WHAT?!
3: <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up! I don't, I don't sound like that. Uh, what, a, what do you see? You are.
1: It sounded like Richard like Evans. Michael. Final, okay. Whatever you... Final Fantasy VII remake is my game of the year. Okay, all right. Let me go through the reasons why, and we'll try to be as non-controversial as possible. <laughs> so, Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> how I love
0: thee. Let me count the reasons why. <laughs> So, hey, um, here, how here's... many, how many,
1: uh,
2: hey, King K, I'm gonna give you a uh, seven seconds to explain why you like it. Seven oh,
0: seconds. What, what to you the do end.
1: with it? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was cool. Is my seven seconds lower? Was... <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So and you, moving you on to you the my, here. Uh, you want my story? My story is that I have tried several times, many times to get into Final Fantasy VII and I just can't. I can't. I'm gonna try again this year, but I'm doubtful, unless I just power through it, I get somebody to, to like whip me in the ass when I decide that I don't want to do it anymore. That's the um, only way I'm gonna get <laughs> through this goddamn game, right? Are you hiring King K? I can do that? <laughs> <laughs> So I, I just... I do not know you were into I, that. It's like you get through... Okay, I love Midgar. And honestly, that section of Final Fantasy VII is just consistently... It's like this start to end point where I'm like, man, this in and of itself is just fucking awesome. And I can just leave it there in my head like nothing else happens. But the problem is that there's like... Fucking! I don't even know how much more game there is. There's a lot more game left after you leave Midgar, and every time I get out of Midgar, the game just crawls to a fucking halt in my mind. Where I'm like, I just don't give a fuck anymore. Everything looks drab and boring, and we're not dealing with the cool like like people living on the upper plate and the lower plate. And it's like it, it's like it outdid itself in the beginning and then you get out and it's just like now we're in fantasy land. It's like any other fucking Final Fantasy. <laughs> it's just like what the fuck happened when you leave? I get to the, every time I get to the Gold Saucer I'm like oh my lord I just can't do it. There's my Final Fantasy 7 hot take. Alright? Mm. I just can't do it. I've needed to get these feelings out for so long. God damn it. Okay.
0: I think Final I got fantasy as far as the Gold Saucer and when I dropped it you you like fell down a mine shaft and met a friend of Barrett's or something that's, that's exactly
1: where, where I'm at in my most recent playthrough and I remember I got through like I'm trying to get to like Barrett's like old friend or whatever and I'm like I died in the boss fight and it put me back like to where to before I think actually the game crashed on Switch and it put me back to before the Chocobo races and i was just like fuck you dude I don't care I don't want to do this fucking shit anymore. Final Fantasy VII Remake. It has issues, all right? I get it. I I understand, okay? I don't like the weird parts where it is masking loading and you're like shimmying through shit, all right? I I don't like it. I don't like that stuff. Um I think that there are certain chapters that feel like they would be more interesting as side stories but mm-hmm. taking taken in totality it takes my favorite part of the original that was always the most striking part fleshes it out in an in, in unbelievable detail And simultaneously speaks on the nature of remakes, what people have come to expect from them, and why maybe it might be interesting to try something else from what people might expect. I think it is a a bit unsubtle, but... I mean, like, you really, you really gonna expect me to care about this when I'm a fucking Kingdom Hearts fan? Like, <laughs> you're gonna yeah. expect me to care about subtlety? I really don't give a fuck. I care more. I really just yeah. care more really about hope. what it's trying to
0: say. And I think that really that part it's two cool. that Zaynort shows up and kills Sephiroth and just becomes the main villain. I yeah. think
1: it's trying to do cool things. And honestly, even if the future parts just have rancid-ass, like, New Direction, like, just rancid story. Everything's rancid. Rancid. Bad. Tastes bad. Man. I don't even know anymore. This is just such- I- I've... I don't even want to talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake anymore because it- it, (laughs) Why? It reminds me. It reminds me of bad parts of the year. I associate certain discussions because it it just. I, I did not like last year very much. I don't think anybody really did. (laughs) Like (laughs) generally, I did. And Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, Outer Wilds. It was. It was a time where. I felt very... Oh, 2020, you mean. 2020. Not 20... No, I'm oh, no, no, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2020. Uh, um, I, re- I was like, 2019 <laughs> was okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I thought... It was It was one of those moments... this kind of why I picked it as my game of the year, because it was one of those moments where... Much like Kingdom Hearts 3, which was my 2019 game of the year, I was like, wow, this is just so... I was playing through all of it, and I'm like, wow, this is really getting to me. This is really cool. I love everything it's doing. I'm so attached to the characters. I'm so attached to what it's trying to say about remakes and the the potential for a future in which surprising things can happen, like the just the idea of taking an existing game and pumping new life into it by way of just saying, "Hey, fuck it. Let's just what would what if what if this happened?" That's kind of why I enjoyed Age of Calamity too is because it's kind of like, well, this is something here's what you expected. We're not giving you what you expected. And yeah, some people will be disappointed by it, but like ultimately I think that's fucking rad. And I, am if anything, it has accomplished the, it has given me even more motivation to just try, try and finish the original. Just push past it because now I want to know because of, if it's going to be different, then there, there's still reason for me to play the original. And as someone who is so fucking sick of remakes That is so refreshing, because part of the reason I'm so sick of remakes is because I have fallen off of the idea that they need to be replacements in all cases. Unless it's just an enhanced port, obviously. But, like, there are a lot of remakes that are, like, complete visual, like Link's Awakening remake, or, um... Fuck, I don't know. Um, Even fucking Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive in terms of, like, art style. Um, It feels like those games are trying to replace and I get it, but like if you're gonna go that fucking far and not give, and not make the original like, at least first of all, at least Final Fantasy 7 is widely available as opposed to like mm-hmm. fucking any Nintendo remake um but if you're gonna go that extra mile, just do something cool and different and make it, then it becomes just like new thing, it's a new original thing i mean yeah you're cribbing off old material but like you have now successfully transcended what i view as just another remake and i think that's really cool and i like it just also it also did make me kind of realize that (laughs) my favorite game of my favorite game in 2020 and 2019 are games that i don't really want to talk with people about anymore And...
2: And I understand why. Because it's like you're off here trying to enjoy it and then people are breathing down your neck saying that you're wrong for liking it.
1: It's not often that I feel like I'm on... I'm in just this fucking storm of, like, if I say something about a game that I love that is just, like... Like... (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm sure you understand, but, like, it's just... I did not have a particularly fun time discussing, like, Kingdom Hearts 3 or Final Fantasy seven remake with certain people, I guess. Mm. It was just kind of exhausting, and I'm like, dude, just, can I please have this opinion? (laughs) Like, can I please Mm. just think this thing that I like is special and cool? And that's why I try not to be combative about, like, like, um, The Last of Us 2, which we'll get to, um... I really try my best not like, because I have a lot of apathy toward it. But I just try my absolute best to not be judgmental and to be like, I, I, I just try my best to understand why people like it. Because I fucking hate when I say this, I love this thing. I think it's doing something really cool. That people fire back and like, how fucking dare you? And it's just, I just try to be understanding. God damn it, I just try Boy, to understand. I don't even sh- I don't even try to
2: understand, I just don't give a shit. It's like, like, if I understand, I understand, but like, if you're gonna tell me that you like this game that I see no appeal in whatsoever, do I care? No, it's not my business, you know? I don't judge, I don't give a fuck.
1: I think maybe it's just my punished Kingdom Hearts coming out, but like... <laughs> I don't- I don't know if there's anything more exhausting than being a fan of Kingdom Hearts these days.
2: Being a Sonic fan?
1: I I feel like that has transcended. Like, (laughs) that has become something that is. I don't even know how to describe what that is anymore. (laughs) I don't, like, I don't even think I care. (laughs) I I would say being a fan of Kingdom Hearts in this day and age is way more fucking exhausting to me.
3: At the end of the day,
1: uh, fuck anybody.
3: We, we break balls on this show, but most of this is a performative You know, it's a performative act, you know, where, where we exaggerate. We, we you know, break balls
2: like Christ breaks bread.
3: True. <laughs> uh, and at the end of the day, like, uh, nobody, we all respect each other's opinions to the extent that, like, somebody should never feel uncomfortable for saying they like a game for any reason. And if, Mm -hmm. like, you're listening right now and you get pissed off that somebody dislikes or likes a game, why are you still watching? Or just leave? Like, never
1: come back. I guess it's just more of a theme recently in life. I remember... Yeah, true. It's becoming so much more frequent that I watch or play something that I just absolutely love, and then I go to, like, Twitter or whatever, and everyone... Like, I watched if (laughs) I... I watched Wonder Woman 1984. Um, oh God! That movie looks like I, a dumpster fire. This is exactly what I fucking mean because I, yeah. I watched that movie with my dad, and I, I we finished it. And I was like, "Wow, that movie really affected me. I really I loved
0: that." Yeah, and, and that's yeah. that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, it's just but yeah, then KK. I go to like. I I just go to I go to see because I'm interested. I'm like, what do what do other people feel about this? And they're like, this is the worst movie ever. And I'm like, okay. And That's it, it kind of though. it's natural, but it's just not a it's not always a great feeling. I guess it's unavoidable, mm-hmm. but like it's just something I have to deal with. Not I, I like I mean, somebody I feel be that. like you want to talk about this, and I'm like, not really, because everybody. I know everybody hates it and I like, I'm interested to like, sometimes I'm not even interested to like, like there are a lot of like videos that I watch about movies or whatever. And then all (laughs) these 1984 videos came out. I'm like, I don't want to like, I really don't want to go down this rabbit hole of like, oh, this, this movie sucks because whatever. And I just,
2: have you seen high tops film video about it?
1: No, because I haven't watched any video about Because I just don't want to, like, I really don't. I'm not in a place right now where I want to dive down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. I, I, ju- I would just like a few months of being able to enjoy this movie in and in a, in a, keep my purity. <laughs> Because, well, for, because for in, what it's in, worth, I, in, I,
2: I wouldn't I, recommend you the video if I thought you wouldn't like it. Like, I think that's a, I think that's a video that you would resonate with. So, yeah,
1: maybe. I think I've just learned from like Kingdom Hearts three and Final Fantasy seven remake. There are some games that when I have when I, when I'm embroiled, when there's con, if there's if I even smell a hint of controversy, I'm just gonna give myself a few months because I no longer mm-hmm. want to be a part of these. Exhausting conversations. As soon as something like that's why I barely talk about fucking cyberpunk because I don't want to be a part of that. I don't oh, care. Oh, King
3: K. I really don't. I,
1: I love this. This
3: is what I live for now. I love getting people <laughs> mad online. It is my favorite pastime. I <laughs> just like it is so easy to piss off people. You can, <laughs> you like at the like that. It's like a problem, right? Twitter. Ryan Ryan has left this fucking app. He doesn't know the horrors <laughs> that this app has. I know of it's them. like yeah, it's like you're having a good day, you go on Twitter, bam, fucking depression. <laughs>
2: That's why I got but, rid of uh, it.
3: Yeah. King K, you're valid as fuck regardless at Ad- Jesus, man, you're
0: <laughs> right. And if nothing else, <laughs> this review, this Final Fantasy Seven. No, no,
2: no. I got. I have to mansplain King K as to why he's, <laughs> wrong. he's wrong.
0: Yeah, I was. I was just gonna say that if, if nothing else, at least Final <laughs> Fantasy Seven remake is filled with eye candy. If you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, oh, I don't know that we ta- I don't know if we're it. talking about the same thing, but yeah, I'm sure.
2: Oh boy, is it? Tifa made me nervous. <laughs> I, I'm like, you have no right to look this real. <laughs> Go away.
1: <laughs> you know, so a lot of people ask me whether, uh, well, let, let's just throw the the pretenses off. I've had a lot of people ask me whether I'm an Aerith or Tifa kind of guy, and I genuinely cannot give you an answer because hey. I am. <laughs> Why not I'll, both? I'll just right? do it both. <laughs> both. It's yeah. Exactly. I, I'm like, yeah. I literally cannot answer your question because I don't know.
2: You put a gun to my head. I'm always, I'm picking Aerith. You put a gun no, to my, my head. Name. I don't
1: fucking know, dude.
2: I don't fucking know. Put a gun
3: to my head. I'm jerking off.
0: <laughs> I don't even give me shit. Yeah, he knocks <laughs> us into pain. Yeah, which is why he was Shoot willing my to. Cock off. Which is why he was willing to whip King K until he finishes Final Fantasy Seven.
1: You know. By the ne- by, the can... time we get to the end of your podcast for this year, I will have finished Final Fantasy Seven. Hold me to that.
0: <laughs> so what? What happens if you don't?
1: Um,
3: I don't know. King K gets whipped by me. I, I whip him. You're gonna what's, whip what's him while he's
0: doing it.
1: What's a fitting consequence? <laughs> uh, We double K to force
2: Jab to play through Golden Sun One and Two.
1: That doesn't count. No. <laughs>
3: Fuck. King K, I saw loophole. Didn't your, work. You gotta post your nuts on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay,
1: we'll go with that.
3: Okay. All right. That is signed in blood. All right. I gotta type this. <laughs> when King to go? Bound K- K- by blood. Post his <laughs> nuts on Twitter if he doesn't finish. Now you need to be more specific, or he
0: could twist seven. the the legal meaning of that phrase. Exo, listen to me. I need you to man. upload
2: this podcast like as soon as possible, please. <laughs>
0: uh, so. uh. Anyways, there
3: we go. That is it's written in blood.
0: Every yeah. so, there you go. Is that all we got to say about Final Fantasy 7 remake?
2: I made a video about it. If they want to know, they can watch it.
0: N- yeah, yeah, and
1: so did I King fucking K. loved it, and fuck everybody. I loved it, <laughs> fuck all you It was
0: fucking awesome. Alright. Is, is it that time of the night then? That time of the podcast? <laughs> Seven Last seconds until here. the end. <laughs>
1: what will so you raw. do?
0: <laughs> okay,
1: so uh, what's your game of the year, Michael?
3: <laughs> Bug
1: fables!
3: Uh, Bug snacks! <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna- Michael, Michael.
2: It's fucking Michael, wait, 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 wait. Michael a bit.
3: Land. Michael, Michael, what did you think of Last of Us 2?
0: <laughs> uh, you're gonna hate me, King K. You're gonna hate me again. But oh, I I, I loved this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, I thought Jesus. it sucked. Was the, it was the, was the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, Last of Us 2 is my game of the year. It is a game that I had no excitement for coming up to its release. It is a game I picked up entirely because it was controversial. Um, (laughs) I should note that I replayed the first Last of Us before, like the PS4 version, before playing the second game. Um, It was the first time I had played it since maybe 2014. I think the last time I played it was when I did that shitty Naughty Dog effect editorial that no longer exists. Um, I'm not really in the mood to talk about that. Let's just say that uh, historically, my relationship with Naughty Dog has been complicated. But I'm willing to say that more recently, I have shifted considerably on it. I think I finally understand what they are trying to do, and I'm at a stage as a gaming as a gamer and as a designer where i can really understand and appreciate it that was the first gamer of this podcast I've, i don't know if we talked about uncharted 4 on in our 2016 to, goty no. video <laughs> I don't remember because that was years ago. Uh, but maybe I don't know. I, I should say that I loved that game as well. I thought it was. I think it's by far the best Uncharted game in, in terms of like story and emotion and level design, combat encounters, the works. It was. Maybe actually. Yeah. It was. It was a really solid game from the same director of Last of Us. So when I replayed Last of Us one this year, without having played it in a very long time, um, I think. When I played it originally, because it's it's one of those games where all the critics were like raving about it at the time, and it's just like tens out of tens everywhere. It's it's a shoein' for the game of the year awards, uh, if those were even around in 2013. I don't remember I don't fucking know. they were, um, but they were. Yeah, and it was a thing where I played it, and I'm like, this is what the critics are so happy about. I I I didn't get it. Um, it seemed like gaudy bait. Like what Ryan was talking about earlier, and in many ways, I'm coin that shit yeah it it kind of is, and last of us is definitely for better or worse, a very Say it's a game that a lot of other games have taken inspiration from since, some better than others, and some in better applications than others. I really don't think God of War was one of them. It's really not the kind of game that should have lots of slow talking and slow paced encounters with an over the shoulder, shoulder camera. Uh, that is not God of War. Um, it might work well on its own thing, so I totally understand why Ryan did not like that. Um, and it is definitely a thing where lots of games have been copying it. Um, and whether that's a good thing or not, it really depends on your taste. Uh, personally, I think that Last of Us does what it tries to do better than a lot of the games that copied it, because um, it was the vision that they had. Like, I think what really sunk in for me on a third playthrough was how good the actual gameplay was. Because I think historically, I would have said, and probably have said on this podcast, that it is very much a movie with gameplay in it. It's probably what I I would have said. And I think what really sunk in for me this time is, yes, there are quick time events. Yes, the story and the narrative design is a focus of it. Uh, But the actual combat was is way more interesting than i remembered it and i think part of the reason why i came to that realization is that i made the decision to play the game on survivor difficulty uh, for this third time because it's like why not i've played it before i might as well try it and when you do that and your supplies are more limited and you die faster and you know health pickups and stuff are more rare and you have less ammo to work with, then you have to really understand the combat systems. And you really have to understand how enemies behave and use your crafted items wisely, invest your uh, supplements, uh, and upgrade your weapons accordingly. And it's like, all of that stuff really hit a stride with me. And it kind of reminds me of... Halo, in a sense, where it's the type of game that is more enjoyable when you play it at the right difficulty. Because when I was younger, I didn't really like Halo that much, because I played it on easy difficulty, and it just seemed like shoot the thing, the video game. And When you can get away with the dominant strategy of just use whatever weapon, then you don't really understand the systems, there's no tension, it's boring. So, playing it on Survivor, I, you know, learned more heuristics, like throw... Bottles or bricks at an enemy's head to stun them, so you can come in for a uh, a loud but uh, fast kill that doesn't use any ammo. Um, you can you know you can craft smoke bombs and use it to distract them long enough to escape. You got to understand the layout of each combat encounter so you can set traps for your enemies and stuff. And it's like really invigorating combat system and core game loop. And, uh, you know, like Halo, it is a game that is almost entirely combat, uh, there's not really any puzzles or anything. Every once in a while you have to boost someone up onto a ledge and that's shit that just doesn't, hasn't aged that well in my opinion. It, 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 Cause clearly the only reason those are there is to prevent you from leaving a combat encounter before you've killed everyone. Um, and it's just, I feel like there are more creative solutions to that problem than having to boost Ellie up and wait 30 seconds for her to kick a board down or something. I don't know. That's probably the worst thing I have to say about the first game. It, it was a really solid game. The story was better than I remembered it. And the emotions and, you know, character arcs, all that stuff. Um, historically, it was kind of the ending was something that always came off as to me as Joel's decision was Obviously wrong to me It was selfishly motivated I still tend to Err towards that side but I think I understood It more The more recent time I played it And you know uh, Highly enjoyed the first game So It, it sort of So when I, so I finished that and I'm like okay I had bought a copy of the second game because It was so controversial uh, It was like it, it seemed to me that there were, like... There was a side that was looking forward to it that hated it. There is a side that was looking forward to it that liked it. And there was a side that hated the first one to begin with and didn't really need that much of an excuse to not like the second one. And there are other people that I'm sure are in between those different categories. So I was just like, okay, this is... At the very least, this will be an interesting sequel to play. Uh, so basically when i finished spyro 3 the the review it was just like okay i'm wiped while i wait for this to to render i will go downstairs with my cat and play last of us 2 and i did and <laughs> it was did your cat like <laughs> it well i don't think she was really paying that much attention uh because she's a cat Aww. uh but she just certainly enjoyed snuggling in her daddy's lap so i can say that much oh um And I I sat down and I played it and it was the most consistently engrossing game I played all year. There are some games I play where I can barely make myself play it for more than like a couple hours. Uh, Persona 4 was one of those. Even though I liked the game in the end and enjoy a lot of things about it, it was like one of those things where every time I had to go into a dungeon, it's just kind of like, it kind of sapped away my energy, and I always ended up going to bed early that those days. Last of Us 2 is a game I pulled all-nighters playing multiple times. It was that grossing to me, where it was, where it was just, I was so into the combat. Um, I think, pretty much, I, I don't feel like anybody's going to object to this statement, but I feel like in terms of gameplay, this is a significantly better game than the first maybe not significantly but to me it's pretty incontrovertible uh in terms of what they added and they didn't add a lot but what they did add and what they did change only served to make the combat encounters better um first of all you can crawl now which doesn't sound like a lot but you know when you add that in it adds a lot of uh You know, it it adds more ways to take cover from enemies, it adds more ways to do stealth takedowns and avoid enemies, they added dogs, dog enemies, which are different because they can smell you and track you, and so they're basically like high-tension enemies that show up and you're like, oh shit, I better kill this dog or I'm in trouble. You know, and it really shakes up the combat encounters. Uh, To have that, the enemies are a little bit more coordinated and, you know, all all the enemies in the first game were just, like, trashy-looking hobo guys in bad outfits. (laughs) I mean, that was the point, because they live in a post-apocalypse, but it's just everything just looked like a man, a generic man. Uh, There are actually women enemies in this game, which further kind of complicates things you know it's like not to go into the diversity conversation too much but it you know it just it makes the combat and thematically it fits with the story too as well makes the morality more gray at least for me uh, the encounter designs were masterfully done every like there are so many encounters in last of us 2 that i can vividly picture in my head like there's this one in a sunken mall that is covered with water and it does something interesting that the first game never did which is that you can avoid the enemies by swimming underneath the level and popping up somewhere else so you can set traps for people and they'll go run over in one direction you can use that to sneak around them and grab some ammo it's just really solid stuff in terms of like the core combat loop and you know uh, the the weapon upgrades are a little bit more interesting this time i liked the you know and they do something really clever with it and this is this is what i think really stuck with me about this game there's this moment where you find an upgrade bench in an abandoned building and you just in indiscrimin- walk in and start upgrading but while you're in the middle of the upgrade animation you get ambushed by enemies i have never seen a game do that where it can take a system like a an upgrade system and make it feel so organic and lived in. It's, it's a subversion of expectations that worked, in my opinion. Um, I think I should address the elephant in the room with this game, or at least one of them, because there are multiples. Uh, that being that I am a Washington resident. I've lived here pretty much my entire life, uh, except for four years where I went to college during the spring and fall uh, of from like 2013 to 2017 in Minnesota I'm a Washington native I used to go to downtown Seattle for school for a little bit before they shut down so the fact that this game is set in Seattle is a probably a huge part of why I liked it as much as I did Um, because I mean like you guys are all East Coasters I mean like you know Massachusetts Michigan and Florida I don't know, I, it, they're not New York, I guess, but it, it does seem like the kind of thing where Washington doesn't usually get featured in all that much media, except for, like, Twilight, and fuck that. Uh, it's a shame, too, because Washington's gorgeous. Yeah. and it's like, I remember there's this part where you're riding on horseback with Dina through, like, the ruins, and then you come across this highway that looks like I-5, highway I have driven down multiple times and you see like the radio advisory green sign hanging over on the overpass and it's like holy shit I'm in fucking Seattle and it's like uh there's this and it's in kind of an open encounter it reminds me of the um there's this part in uncharted 4 where you you have a car and you're driving around kind of this open world-ish sort of level it's still fairly linear but You know, it's kind of like a network of encounters you can explore. There's a part where you have to lower a bridge, like in Halo 2. Um, that... It's sort of like, there's a part like that at the very beginning when Ellie and Dina get to Seattle. Where I just spent like hours trying to cross-reference the in-game locations with their real-world counterparts. Um, there is a courthouse featured in that section that I have been to and that was amazing. <laughs> like this is something that I imagine that ninety ninety-nine percent of the people who play this game will not understand or relate to. But it, it was one of those things where, as I was exploring Seattle with Ellie and going through all these different areas, like the subway and the theater, that aquarium in the game—I have been to that aquarium. It looks nothing like it does in the game, but I've been there. God damn it! And it was like, holy shit. I, I hopefully this excitement is getting through <laughs> since you guys can't relate to it. No, I. It it you know and it's it, I... it's one of those things where if it wasn't set in Seattle, then I wouldn't have felt any of those emotions. So I openly admit that it is a huge part of why I love this game so much. Um, but I do think that even if it even if that element wasn't there. I feel like the encounter design was really solid I played it on survivor mode as well uh, and I don't think that you did that King because it sounded like in the easier difficulties like the last enemy standing will beg for their life or whatever that didn't happen to me yeah. uh, they, they they always just try to kill me right away and they're very observant <laughs> um, but you know it's like the, the UX design the affordances signifiers and feedback encounter design level design is more open than the first game because with the first game, it was mostly just walk from encounter to encounter and kill people, uh, which is fine. I enjoyed it. In the second game, there are more parts where it opens up a bit, where you can explore optional areas and sneak past enemies to find new weapons or upgrades or supplements or parts, you know, and there's so many parts there are, like, puzzles that you can solve by, like, reading notes that people have left behind, the codex entries, the flavor text and whatnot. Uh, it's where you can find, like, safe combinations and stuff that might have been in the first game. I don't remember. I don't think it was. Um, it has probably the best boss fight I've played in maybe a decade. I don't know if you got that far, K. but if you did, you'd know the one I'm talking about. Um, where you fight... What is essentially I don't want to spoil it, but it was it was genuinely horrifying in adrenaline pumping, and I didn't see it coming. In the hospital? Huh? Yeah, the hospital, yes. In the hospital? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's it's like There There's a part where you go across skyscrapers on cranes, and it's like you can see the entire yeah. city below you, and it's like then you have to go down through this. Uh, abandoned hotel that is infested with the infected, and sneak through hallways past stalkers and a bloater, and it's like there's another part where you're sidling along a wall and a bloater suddenly fucking grabs you and pulls you through the wall. There are so many memorable moments in this game that I would want to revisit and in a later playthrough, like. I, I genuinely loved this game and had a hard time putting it down, and I cannot remember the last time I've had that experience with any game. Um, so those are the things I liked about the game, and we can get into some of the things I did not like, uh, but first I should probably open the floor to the rest of you, uh, since I have been talking for a while. You don't have to uh, uh... do that, I mean...
3: I. I think you've really won me over a lot in terms of uh, like I guess I just didn't think about the systems design as much. I was so focused on the story and why I didn't like that.
1: Yeah. Um, But like I, I don't know. That, I kind of yeah. want to replay
3: it. I kind of want to replay
1: it. It does get me interested to finish it fully. Um, I have a hard time figuring out why I just fell off but I I think it started to become narratively really... See, I'm not even like a big stan of the first Last of Us. I just thought the relationship between Ellie and Joel was really really nice and uh, I thought the ending was cool. But Last of Us 2 felt like this really oppressively dark thing that had nothing hopeful to say about humanity, and not everything needs to have something hopeful to say, but it was just kind of like Excessive? It felt to me like it was, even as far as I got, which was just playing as Ellie. I think I almost got to the end of where you don't play as Ellie anymore for unspecified reasons, but um, well, reasons I choose not to specify. Rather, um, it, it felt like it was getting re- like very repetitive by that point. Because I, 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 this maybe isn't the game's fault, but like due to the whirlwind of discussion surrounding it, I already knew what the story was trying to say. Because I don't know how the fuck you can even avoid knowing, because everybody was talking about it at the time so I just kind of absorbed what the game was trying to say at the beginning and I'm like okay and so really it was just like me waiting and waiting and waiting for it to get to that point for me to stop watching a character brutally fucking murder people like I don't know man like I watched like I watched like not the entire game, but a good chunk and the ending after I put it down, just because I was curious and I'm not going to go into the ending and not spoil anything about it, but it was just kind of like, man, I mean, obviously this is, this works for some people, but it's just like, God, (laughs) I I play, I, I feel like I, I'm not in the right headspace to have something this defeating. Like, I'm not in the the right kind of place to enjoy something that defeating, and it kind of just made me want to go play Uncharted again. And it makes me feel like a child to say that, but, like, it just kind of made me yearn for, like, playing Uncharted, which is just kind of this fun, enjoyable action romp. And, yeah, like, in a way, it's kind of like junk food action movie but like I I enjoy action movies like more than most people probably I fucking love Mission Impossible um I, I, I like I don't know man it, it was just it was not something and I'm also not into zombie stories so it, it takes a really really good story to get me into that kind of a mood because it, it feels to me like a lot of zombie stories want to say the same things about human nature. It just gets kind of boring. I don't know. It felt needlessly dark to me and I get that's what they were going for and it worked for people but I just... At some point I stopped giving a fuck and the ending was way too depressing and I'm like, fucking hell like I just... I, man, I don't know. I, I It does sound... I almost want to play it, not for the narrative, but just because the the gameplay sounds interesting. And some of the... I've seen some of the, like, like, walking on the crane and stuff from what I watched. I was like, man, that's really cool. So, like, I appreciate some things about it. Looks nice. There was a part where uh, Ellie and Dina are exploring a part of the city with, like, a map, which it, I don't think they do again from what I played maybe later on but it was pretty cool and it it made me kind of yearn for a game where that wasn't (laughs) centered around this specific theme of human nature maybe in terms of revenge it kind of made me yearn for an apocalypse game which wasn't so maybe it was more about like exploring the city because i i th- i thought it the city itself i actually even though i don't live in washington i thought that was probably my favorite part was the r- seeing a an abandoned post apocalyptic city and exploring all it seeing like what was left behind before the world went to shit so i i thought it did some intriguing things i just at a certain point it got really repetitive and i just bounced off and I didn't care to return I meant narratively repetitive not necessarily I mean I Um, guess the gameplay isn't I I can understand it both ways yeah
0: really Um, and um, I actually agree with you more than you might think Um, Mm. I don't know uh, Ryan I, I have a suspicion that since you did not like the first game that you did not play this game and you had no interest in doing so that is correct. Okay. <laughs> um,
2: that's that's why I haven't been I haven't been saying anything. Yeah. Uh, also, also real quick though. Um, again, like I already set my piece here. Uh, it is getting a little late, and I do got to be up in the morning. Uh, so I think I'm gonna dip out. You guys can keep recording, but like I, I gotta
0: okay. Uh, make sure to save yeah, your r- thing up. as a flack. Right. Um. So while he's doing that, uh, I think it's fair to acknowledge some of the things that I thought this game did not do well uh, because as much as I enjoyed playing it there were things about it that even for me kind of rubbed me the wrong way I think at this point everybody is familiar with what happens in the opening of the game and that was Mm -hmm. very controversial it did not Annoy me or anger me in the slightest because it's like I, I know that you said Kincaid that you were really invested in Ellie and Joel's relationship and I know that a lot of people were, mean um, it's like I see it, uh, but at the same time, not that I thought that Joel was necessarily the villain of the first Last of Us, but he kind of had it coming, honestly, in my opinion. I'm not, and it was very brutal what happens was very brutal that what happens to set the plot in motion was extremely brutal and emotional and it does really do a good job of getting you on ellie's side um and giving you the motivation to go to seattle and get revenge essentially and it sets up abby as a genuinely unlikable character in the opening what I thought the th- the theme of the game was is the grayness of morality. Uh, that morality is something that is in the eye of the beholder. It is based on your personal lived experiences. From Ellie's perspective, Abby is a bad person because of what she did to Joel. And from Abby's perspective, Joel was a villain for doing something similar to her spoilers i might need to bleep some of that out (laughs) but in you know and it's like it was kind of interesting to basically because i feel like ellie's half of the game was stronger than the second half i i doubt many people will disagree uh it felt like the plot was moving along fairly quickly and if it ended at the end of her half i feel like i would have liked the game even more than i did uh And it's, I think one of the problems with it is that it simply goes on too long. Uh, It is, it took me 48 hours to beat it on Survivor. It might be faster if you're playing it on an easier difficulty, uh, but I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. Uh, And it's like, I enjoyed all the encounters for the most part. I enjoyed the boss fight in the hospital. I enjoyed a lot of the cutscenes. I enjoyed a lot of the emotional beats and themes and stuff. And it felt like... It was, it was something that was hard to put down. I think that if the story was significantly worse, I probably would have dropped it. Um, I can't say that it is wholly successful at what it tries to do. I think that there are, like there are some scenes that are really, really effective that I really enjoyed. Uh, like there's a scene between Dina and Ellie after she finishes, after she violently murders someone where she is comforted and that was really effective and showed a weak side of weakness to the character there's another flashback sequence between ellie and joel at kind of the high point of their relationship like that's
1: the one at the museum yeah i actually loved that yeah that was probably the highlight of my time with it
0: because that's that's the thing about the story is that I feel like there are individual scenes and sequences and ideas that work really, really well, like that museum sequence and um, the motel sequence is another good one. Mm -hmm. Um, There is that sunken mall level that I talked about, that encounter that I really enjoyed, in the hospital boss. There are all these wonderful little moments. It's just kind of that the... First of all, I think people have argued, and you could argue, that the inciting incident of the game was a bit contrived as to how they got there. I don't think it's nearly as egregious as some people might say, but that's just me. I didn't mind it that much. Uh, But certainly, other people are free to criticize it. Uh, And structurally, it starts to break down in the second half, where like like i said the Ellie portion of the game is perfectly paced and structured as a clear antagonist and it's building up to this final confrontation and then it pulls the rug out from under you and you start playing as a different character you can probably guess who uh but you know and i i genuinely didn't expect even though i had some spoilers to my knowledge up to that point i didn't really expect there to be an entire second half of the game where you play it as a different character. And in doing so, it fleshed out the theme of morality is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, And that, you know, when you're playing as Ellie, you think that Abby and her friends are just awful, terrible people. And you take kind of, at least I took pleasure in taking out all the enemies (laughs) in the encounters. Because the encounters were so hard on Survivor that it just getting revenge on enemies that kept spotting me over and over just felt really good um and then you then the game kind of pulls the rug under you from out from under you and switches gears and then you start to realize that you know i'm not going to say that abby is a good person necessarily but she's no worse than joel was realistically speaking and you know and you sort of get to know her and another reason that half isn't as strong and or rather the second half of the game uh, spoiler is that the sort of the direction of that plot wasn't as well grounded and it's like I thought the level design and all the stuff you're doing along the way was fine but it was kind of like okay plot doesn't have quite the same thrust to it that Ellie's did I didn't hate it I didn't love it uh, and that was kind of where to me the game started to lose a little bit I think it was the hotel was kind of the point where I realized this game is too long uh, and then it just kept going for like 30% more after that um, after you have finished the second half of the game there is an epilogue that also happens that I felt was completely superfluous. The story is over at that point. Um, I felt like, from a gameplay standpoint, I was kind of done by that point, and the game just kind of keeps going, and then the final boss is is just this brutal battle to the death. There's nothing happy or exciting about it on purpose. Um, and. I mean, like, a lot of people know what the ending is. I don't need to spoil it, but it is one of those things where I feel like if they had ended right before the epilogue part, if they'd ended at the farm scene, if you know what that is, uh, mm-hmm. before the the sheep knocks over the thing, then I would have been perfectly satisfied. I would even have been satisfied if they ended at the f- and just didn't have the second half. I've from a story perspective, I would have been satisfied, but I think it's just the fact that it keeps just keeps going, it, and it's like the part cut that we didn't need it. the, the final The final boss should have been the part. It, I don't know. It's and it's like I I, I actually agree with you, Kinkei, that f- for like the first half of the game and a little bit into the second half. I felt like in terms of the level of tension and darkness of the plot, versus lightness, so to speak, that it was basically this the same amount as the first game. Um, I mean, it was violent and brutal, but the first game was violent and brutal as well, about the same level. Then at a certain point, and I know the exact level where it happens, it just became too much for me. There's a part where you go to an mm-hmm. island. Uh, I'm not going to say anything more than that, but something happens there that is so brutal and heartbreaking that it, it kind of turned me against the game. Uh, and it, from that point on, I wasn't really enjoying the story that much. And it's like, well, the, the boss fight I enjoyed because it's the game was building up to it so much, but it was still kind of like... There's only so much bile and hatred I can take in a even in a post-apocalypse story like this, where that's the point, before it becomes overwhelming and just becomes misery porn and that island it sequence. Just, it did
1: feel to me a lot like misery porn yeah. at certain points. Um and it didn't help that the ending was like I I'd, the the like for the like letting go of revenge aspect of it was just so like why did we need a game this long to tell that narrative because I think the length actively went against it for me because by that point I was like (laughs) like Ellie has gone through like fucking however many hours of this and after like It is, like, excruciating how far she goes before she lets go. And I'm like, really? Like, at this point, you might as well just go all the fucking way because it's so excessively, like, horrible. And yet it, it has the ending where, like, oh, no, she, you know, she lets go, but uh, it's too late. And it's like, it's just like, you could have told this story in a much shorter <laughs>
0: window of time, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I think that's that's fair to say, no matter what you think of the ending, um, yeah, it's, I liked the, thematically the idea that, especially in a post-apocalypse world where there's no law or order and everything is controlled by force, that... Morality is very much in the eye of your beholder because there's a lot of parts in the first game too where they're like, You killed my friend, and their friend was just generic bad guy mook that you kill from behind. And it's just like, Well, you were trying to kill me. What the fuck do you expect? And it's like, I didn't really relate to them when I the way that they handle it in this game, I thought was a little bit more effective because it's just like you hate Abby and her friends, but then when you play the second half. You sort of get to know them more as people, and it humanizes them, so when you get back to Ellie you're like, oh my god, this is not as straightforward as I thought it was. And I feel like perhaps some people, I don't know, I've certainly seen this on Twitter, where this idea that Abby was the good one and Ellie's the bad one isn't really what I thought the game was saying they're both good and bad people depending on how you look at them and depending on what you know about what they've been through and who they care about and what they value. And that, that to me was interesting. Um, What was not so much interesting was this idea that, Oh, I guess Ellie has now and that's why she wants revenge. And then she just suddenly doesn't have when the plot demands it, you know, and it's like, If you look at this game as the second half of a trilogy, which I don't really think the first one was meant to create, then realistically speaking, this should be the darkest one. And it should have kind of a miserable ending, because that's what the middle chapter of a trilogy with a traditional structure is like. I don't know where they're going to take Last of Us 3. I'm certainly interested in seeing what they do with it. Uh, But it is an ending that left a bad taste in my mouth, even knowing what they were trying to do. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, so it's like, I call this my game of the year because I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, what the fuck, XO? (laughs) I call this my game of the year because it is the one that had that I could not put down while I was playing it. I played lots of good games this year I played Shantae 5 I played Doom Eternal for a bit uh, there was now my memory's blanking or, Origami King, that was another really good game um, I played lots of good games this year but there was no game, other game that made me pull several all-nighters in a row trying to finish it because I enjoyed playing it that much um, there's there's nothing that emotionally affected me as much as some of the scenes in this game. Um, so while it is in many ways a mess, and I totally understand why people, some people at least, don't enjoy it, because there are plenty of things to take issue with. And I would even, I, I would go so far to say that the first game is perfect insofar as it accomplishes what it set out to do about as well as it could have like I can't really look at it and say that's a major problem that kind of holds it back that I wish they fixed the second game is much messier it is much longer it has it has a lot of problems with the plot especially uh but I feel like it's kind of a higher highs, lower lows situation I guess Or like, mm. and I feel like there were more I feel like the highs particularly in the gameplay and the scenes that I really did enjoy like the museum sequence have stuck with me more than the bad parts and it is a game that I would very much be interested in replaying um, because a lot of those encounters were just so much fun um. So that that is my logic for why it is my game of the year.
1: Nice.
3: Mm-hmm. And I think that's valid.
0: Uh. All right. Are we ready to wrap it up? <laughs> it's had... almost two a.m. for yeah, me. So this I think was we're, uh... a four-hour yeah. podcast. Four and a half-hour podcast. So Thanks thank you for... all for joining us. <laughs> Thanks for.
3: Yeah. All right. Thanks for watching. Yeah, this is always a fun thing.
0: Bye. 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 Please check out our YouTube channel for video versions of all our podcasts. The music used in this podcast is as follows, Bosa Antigua, Chucky the Construction Worker, George Street Shuffle, Hard Boiled, Cats, In Your Arms, Intractable, Jazz Brunch, Leopard Print Elevator, Lobby Time, Local Forecast Slower, Malt Shop Bob, Matt's Blues, Mining by Moonlight, No Good Layabout, Octo Blues, Onion Capers, Pepe Pepe, Porch Blues, and Porch Swing Days Slower. All of these tracks were composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and are licensed under Creative Commons by attribution 4.0. You can find this license at http colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash buy forward slash 4.0 forward slash. This podcast was edited by yours truly, Exoparadigm Gamer. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast, and we'll see you all next time.